Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on a Monday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM, slated to be the final week that we will get through this without any sports of the four major sports I'm referring to. Yes, UFC is going on, and IndyCar, and NASCAR, and golf, and don't get me wrong, they've been a good filler. We will get MLB a week from Thursday, at least that's where we're slated to have, and fingers crossed that we get to that point uh coming up on the bmw des moines guest list today boy wouldn't know that there's no sports i think we got a well it's up to us not to blow it but we got a chance to make this a good monday when it comes to sports we'll lead things off with scott dockerman from the athletic doc had so many questions sent his way he had to split it up into two parts. I saw that. That's awesome. It was great. Uh, yep, uh, the uh, two-parter uh, mailbag, if you haven't subscribed to The Athletic yet, I know that there's a free trial. Check it out. Dip your toe in the water. If you don't like it, I'll be surprised. But if you don't, um, bail out after you know 29 days or whatever it is. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic leads things off. Matt Snyder, CBS, will get into MLB. Now, there are some um, – there's a bunch of inter-squad games going on. Mm-hmm. I know that the Jays are going to broadcast, at least in Canada, their two this week. Okay, yeah, I, that's I bet good. you they're incredibly well-received. Yeah, I, I've seen, of course, as a Twins fan, that uh, the first time that they went out there, they just put it on like their social media channels. You could watch it on Twitter, on no Facebook. no Fox Sports North. Nope, wasn't FSN North yet. Yeah. Um, and that's going to happen, apparently, down the line. The second, though, live scrimmage that they had, Rich Hill was on the bump. Yeah, or oh, was he good? Rich Hill uh, apparently talks a lot. And I was listening to Aaron Gleeman, who was there, yeah. who writes at The Athletic, speaking of The Athletic, yeah. and he said... You're clear as a bell. There was a reason <laughs> that they maybe decided not to do it, because he's yelling at himself. Talks to himself or yeah. talks to... Uh, ho- hollers gotcha. at himself. What the hell are you doing? Mm-hmm. F that. That's garbage. <laughs> and maybe some more choice language also. So maybe that also went into the decision-making behind it of what they were going to do and and uh, well, the game that they were going to have. So, yeah, because of that, uh, the Twins decided not. But Rich Hill went five innings. Good for him. He's ready to go. By the sounds of things, John You're Lester, number one likewise. against the Yankees in the first round of the playoffs. Wouldn't that be something, Trent? Yeah. We'll see. We, we certainly hope that we get there. Uh, at 11.20, Phil Steele. Yes, that Phil Steele will join us for the first of a couple of appearances prior to the college football, fingers crossed. Uh, Phil Steele will join us at 11.20. His magazine has gone to print, correct? Yes. Uh, and I wonder, I, I imagine he hasn't had any time to go back and re... Well, we don't have college football schedules for the Big right. Ten. I was going to say, yeah. did he scratch out the non-cons? Might have, but it doesn't mean that those games are going to be, obviously, where they were slated uh, to be. So Phil Steele will join us. We'll go around college football with him. And uh, Matt Postens. From HeartlandCollegeSports.com, he covers the Big 12 and does a wonderful job of doing so. Uh, He will join us this morning at 1140. So that's on tap today. We should be able to, you know, go around a uh, cover a lot of topics. Let's start with the topic of the weekend. What did you do? Let's see. This weekend, um, I'm trying to remember back already. Oh, we had a birthday party for one of Jack's friends, a one-year-old birthday party. (laughs) So showed up in my mask and socially distanced and... 
Kids got to play in the uh, sprinkler for a little bit. There are three older kids that Ella got to play with and jump around in that and hop in a little kiddie pool. And outside of that, little golf. Um, I just play. No, just watched. Oh, you just watched. Oh, you just watched watching. golf. Just gotcha. watching. Yeah, and that was uh, pretty much it. Finished up the the new bathroom that my wife uh, and her yes. brother renovated. So, did you? Did they do a nice job? They did. They you did. Didn't and have I have to go I in and spend a bunch of money to fix what they messed up. <laughs> no, not at all. They uh, they did it well, and I stayed out of it, which was probably the best part because I am not handy. You and I, yeah. neither of us. Not our strength, Can't not our forte. Swing a hammer to save my life. No, no, not ever. At all. Never had any interest in doing so. Anyways, how about you? Um, I probably watched 12, 14 hours of Swamp People. Oh, Swamp People! Yep, into that show. I watched Outlaw Josie Wales, which might be my favorite western. I've seen it. I don't know. Eight, ten times. I flipped that on too. It was Saturday on, afternoon, Saturday evening. It was Friday night, I think, that I got into no, it was after it? I got yeah, home. It was yeah. Saturday for me. Yeah. Saturday for me. Um, Never seen it start to finish. I need to. Oh, it's so good. I know. I, I, I need to make to that finish. time. Yeah, it's so good. And I watched it. You know, you get so spoiled, right? With, with, uh, Either you have something on tape and you can zoom through the commercials or you're watching one of the movie channels there's no commercials. It's such a good movie that me and I have no patience. I sat through the commercials willingly. Uh, it's such a good movie. Boy, oh boy, that's that might be one of my... It's on a short list of one of my favorite movies. Is it? Outlawed Josie Wales. It's a good, good show. Anyway, so yeah, uh, that, that's about it. Um, you know, it's uh, I'm like everybody else getting fed up that we haven't uh, got to the point yet of... Of seeing some games, I wish they'd even put an inter-squad game on TV just to have something. Right. You know, the golf was was played early in the morning mm-hmm. and then showed on tape delay, and every I I, I couldn't watch a minute of it, Trent, because you knew what happened. Yeah, I knew what happened, and uh, uh, Morikawa and, and Justin Thomas, I mean, blow for blow in mm-hmm. extra holes, which was good, but. You knew how it was going to come out, and I just can't take it. But hopefully, this week the weather will be good. The Memorial Tigers playing, uh, so we'll get Matt Rudy in here at some point. That will be a that's appointment TV this weekend. I'm with you. Every yeah. one of them, I mean Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, all four of the uh, all four of the rounds. And normally during this time, it, it's for golf for me is dipping in last forty five minutes of a round if it's mm-hmm. not a big tournament. But now throughout this last month and a half, it's so should been, we be on the cusp of the British Open this week? It would be, yeah, because the so, John Deere right? was scheduled for last week. Yeah, home run derbies tonight. Right, isn't it? I think yes. this is probably where it works it on would the calendar. Be. You're absolutely All right. All star tilt tomorrow, and we'd argue about the merits of the home run derby. Yeah. And you'd say, "I'm not going to watch a, an inning of it." And I'm, just, uh, I love the home run derby every yeah. single year. Yeah, wow, look at that. I mean, it just... how much would I give to watch the home run derby? <laughs> right. How much would I give to watch All Star? I'd watch the Pro Bowl <laughs> and not move live sports yes. live of the Big Four. Well, we're going to get it back. A week and a half away from baseball. Yeah, I know that the NBA guys have arrived in their bubble. They're mm-hmm. not happy about it. Not all of them. Some of them are, are good. Um, yeah, some of them just making fools out of themselves. But yes. you know what? Uh, teach their own, I guess. NHL begins their training camp part two today. Uh, so they're actually on the ice. Uh, have with... they descended to Edmonton and Toronto no, yet? No, it's not until... The 26th or oh, the wow. 25th, it's a ways away. They're going to have training camp uh, in their home cities. I believe they're all in their home cities. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so it's it's coming, but they're practicing and getting tested every day. 
Uh, so we'll cross our fingers and hope we get to that point. But at least it seems like there is live sports on the horizon. Maybe not the one we're looking for the most in college football, but we'll see about that. Hockey question for you. Yes, sir. Are, th- are they playing some exhibition games when uh, they get there? Is that right? I think I've seen one exhibition okay. game that they'll tune up game one or two. Okay. And then they'll get in their bubble and uh, Trent the Fines, once they, if they leave the bubble, they can't get back in. You leave, you're done. You want to walk away from your squad for a night out on the town? Mm-hmm. So if you do, or in, in, uh, in Edmonton or, or Toronto's case, I mean, there's players that live literally a block from their hotel. Mm-hmm. They can't go home. Oh, really? <laughs> they can't yeah, well, go home. Leave the bubble, you're, you're done. Your season's over. And that's where we are. That's the way that mm-hmm. this thing has to be. You look across the pond and what different countries have done with the Premier League and the German League, Bundesliga, and on and on and on. Those bubbles have been incredibly effective. And I know a lot of people are kind of pointing at cases and the number of cases in the States, but cases in a lot of these areas too, European countries are also Mm -hmm. still very high, but there hasn't been a story that's come out about a player developing COVID. There hasn't been these stories about somebody that had to go to the hospital because of that. They've done as good a job, I think, as you can Mm -hmm. over there. And I think it's something that for people that have concerns, I know there's a lot of people out there. They look at this and just say, boy, you know, is this really, is it worth it? Take a look around. Take a look around what's happened in other countries, what's happened in Korean baseball. They've been playing now for mm-hmm. months, and things have gone well relatively. Yes, yep. have there been players? Yes, there are. Same thing with these these soccer leagues that have happened. And, and even look at our state. You know, I, I become a little bit frustrated because it seems like any time somebody brings up high school baseball, it's about Dowling Catholic, and it sucks for them. It's yep. absolutely devastating but for them. But it didn't group. have to be, Trent, if they, if they would have got the right result. I mean, right. this was, I don't even want to say medical malpractice. They're looking at so many thousands right. of tests yeah. every day. But it was a mistake. It was a mistake. There's was no mistake. question about that. And without that mistake, they'd be getting ready to yep. play Friday night in their first game of substate. That's not the case, mm-hmm. but there's still 95% of the teams that haven't had that. Overall, there have been, I believe, 40 some, 42 teams that have had to suspend at least a portion of their schedule, and overall, six will not be able to play in the playoffs. That's baseball and softball. We're talking upwards of 700 teams, and six of them, mm-hmm. at least right now, will not be able to play in the playoffs. Yeah, It's terrible for those six teams, but overall, rousing success? I, I think you can argue that part of it. But this has been successful, and for these kids to have the opportunity to finish out their high school career, finish out their baseball, softball season, I think it has been a really good thing. I'm with you, Trent. And look, you know my feelings. I I believe the science, not the game show host. Um, That's that's the way I've been. but yes, I totally agree with you. They've done, we've, I think the state of Iowa's done a good job and these kids have been afforded an opportunity that it certainly didn't look like they were going to have. Uh, there's one bit of, not news from yesterday, but I'm not sure, uh, if you saw Frank Garza's, it wasn't a tweet, it was a reply to someone. Okay. Uh, about asking about Luke, of course, and, and I wish I could find the damn thing because I'd love to read it verbatim. Mm-hmm. But so I'm going to have to paraphrase, sadly. But it was he was asked about, you know, when's Luca going to make his decision? It was a Hawkeye fan that seemed to at least that's how I took it. They may have a relationship. I don't know that, obviously. But somebody tweeted at Frank Garza just, uh, you know, to get a, you know, what's the latest with your son? And, you know, when's he going to make up his mind? And and Frank Garza's response, and, and I think it's spot on that you have to look at it this way. It was basically, look, college basketball is the great unknown. And if if there isn't going to be college basketball, what does it do for Luka to stick around and 
and wait the and miss an entire year. I'm not saying he's going to play in the NBA, although Dad did put that out there as an opportunity. But he certainly can go somewhere and get paid. And look, he's he's got enough game that he, he's going to make money somewhere. Right. Maybe, yeah. Might it be the NBA? I don't know. Um, he certainly wasn't getting the love that um, uh, in in the pre drafts and in the mocks leading up to it. But look, we saw what he did this year. Yeah, the guy can score. And are there limitations to him on the athletic side? There are. And there's only so much that can be done. Now, the guy has been working as hard as we've seen from these videos as anybody that you're going to find in college basketball. And and look what that work, how that work paid off for him. If he's doing, if he did this, if this was his last year's routine prior to this past season, Mm -hmm. I mean, we saw the proof was in the pudding. Statistically, I don't know if the numbers are going to be there because this team and what they have. There's going to be more shots for Jordan Bohannon, mm-hmm. who's going to be playing for a full season, it looks like. There's going to be some more shots for some different guys. And is he going to average 24 and 11 this year? Maybe not, but he's still going to be even more close. efficient. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be right there. And I think this team has a chance to take that next step. But, and here's the caveat you have to throw in there. What does college basketball yeah. look like? When right. is college basketball going to be played? With the Big Ten's announcement for football that it's going to be conference only, is that the same thing that's going to happen on the basketball side? And if that does play out in that fashion, what kind of schedule are you talking about? If they're pushing everything back, they push football back, do they push basketball back? And suddenly, instead of starting in October with practice, November with games, they're starting in February, something like that, and the season concludes in May. A very real possibility, but we don't know. And when you have this chance and when you have an opportunity and you don't know if there even is going to be college basketball, say, you know what? He's got to play somewhere, Trent. He has to play. And that loss a year of development exactly. by not playing right. is going to impact him long term. It's not as cut and dry as maybe it seemed even no, three weeks not. ago. It's absolutely not, Trent. I couldn't agree with you more. That's why I, that's why I wanted to make sure we mentioned it mm-hmm. because I'm now starting to believe what I thought was a use a basketball term, a slam dunk, that yeah. he was going to come back to Iowa. And, I mean, I'm certainly not alone in that, in that thought. I think that was by by far and away uh, the consensus. Now you have to wonder. I mean, yeah. Pop's putting that out there, and Pop's right on the money. I mean, you can't lose a year of development. And if they, yeah, we're going to hang in there. We want, we want to play. And, of course, he wants I think I truly believe he wants to be a hawk this year. But if nobody's going to be a hawk this year, you're going to lose a year of development, and, and that will hurt. So that's certainly something to watch uh, as we move on. We saw the Pac-12 decide that they're going to conference only. Uh, SEC's hanging in there. Although SEC Greg meeting Sank- today. Yes. In Greg's, person. Greg Sankey. Yeah, that's another story. Uh, Greg, Sa- <laughs> Greg Sankey and a number of off-the-record ADs, kind of gloom and doomy, or or. Hoping for the best, bracing for the worst, I think. And I think that's probably how most of it are going through it. The continued talking point is that spring football is still seen as a last resort. That that is, it is. the commissioners, the athletic directors, the school presidents across the board look at it as a last resort. So what is it going to take? And what's the drop-dead date that they have to decide? Mm, that's a great question. We're pushing. Is it like Middle July, of August? July 31st? Can you wait till August? I don't to think you decision? can wait till the middle of August, and that's a number. That's a that's a date that's been thrown out there. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I think it has to be early August. Yeah. I mean, especially if you're going to. That's for the networks. That's a lot of filler. That's a lot of filler yes, that they're going to have to come up with. There's no doubt. Um, boy, oh boy. I'm looking at the calendar here. Yeah. So the calendar that first week in August, the Friday is August seventh. Does that seem like a realistic yeah. target date? Where 
look, this is we're mm-hmm. going to see what cases happen here. They still have a little less so than a month to figure weeks, that. Four weeks, essentially, yeah. right? Four weeks. We're going to have players that are going to be starting to work out. We're going to see if there are even bigger spikes when these guys are, mm-hmm. though they've been working through voluntary workouts. I mean, right. on, we, we know how voluntary right. all these workouts yeah. actually are. A lot of volunteers showed up, by the way. Yeah. These Isn't voluntary that crazy? Workouts. Just nuts. 100% volunteers once again. <laughs> wow, how'd that work out for the football teams across the country? I don't think a lot's going to change because these guys have been together, but you're also going to be talking about, what is it? Notre Dame's going to be starting classes here. I think that first week in August, mm. there's going to be, I'm sure, more and more students that make their way in, depending on the way that you know apartment leases go. A lot of times, August 1st is when they begin, so you're going to see some students start to get to campus and more people getting back to whatever campus town you're talking about there. So it would give you maybe that extra week, but, ah, oh boy, I, I think that is going to be so difficult. And who's going to be the one? Ivy League has already made their decisions. The Mm -hmm. Patriot League have made their decisions. We're not talking about them. We're talking about Big Ten, Big 12, SEC. Who's the one, if it ultimately comes to that, that makes the choice? We're pushing to spring. I I think the odds-on favorite would be probably the Big Ten. Well, Kevin Warren was out front, uh, Trent. I mean... uh... He was he and he took a lot of arrows for doing it, but then very quickly the Pac-12 followed afterwards. Mm-hmm. I just I don't think the other commissioners, Bullsby and Sankey, and um, oh the guy that's retired in the ACC whose name escapes me for the moment, uh, is they were they weren't ready to make that announcement just yet. So we'll see. But I'm with you. I think it's got to come. You know, four weeks, maybe maybe three weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see. Now, did you see the plan um, from? Is it Jeff Lindor who covers yeah, high school yeah. football? And I think Murph and Andy had him on later in the day. I think this came out as we were getting off the air or done on Friday of switching the two summer sports to, I mean, fall sports and winter sports, switching those calendars around. Does that make sense to you? It was the spring sports that would move to the fall. The fall sports would move to the springtime and setting it up kind of that way. And and really, you're almost pushing it towards uh, late winter, really, with some of these sports. I think it would be... Just incredibly difficult to do. The football side is the biggest side, and that's what we talk about. Look, there, there aren't 10,000 people that show up for a golf match. There aren't no. 10,000 people that show up <laughs> for, for a tennis country. match, for cross country. <laughs> what it, the most important is football. The most important for the Iowa High School Athletic Association and their coffers yeah. is the state playoffs for football. So that's ultimately what this comes down to. It's the same question I asked for spring football. What, what does it entail and the likelihood that you're going to be able to play football games in February, in March, even April here and play it at a high level, I, I think it's yeah. difficult. Then these spring sports you're moving back, all right, get ready to go and you're going to be playing a season here, whatever the sport may be, soccer, tennis, go on down the line. I, I, I understand thinking outside the box. I like that and I understand it. The likelihood, though, I just think it's too tight to be able to pull this off and especially with school districts just trying to figure out are they even going to have school? Mm. The different models that are out there from Des Moines, where the kids are going to be going two days a week. You no, know, we should reach out to Chris Quayar and pick his brain a yeah. little bit this week. I That's think. a good idea. Yeah, uh, We'll grab him. We're going to grab Scott Dockerman coming up in a few moments. We look forward to speaking with Scott Dockerman. We'll talk baseball with Matt Snyder. Phil Steele is here. He's not actually here. He's in Ohio. He's in Ohio, but he's going to be on with us at uh, 11.20. We'll get him a couple of times, but the magazine has gone to press. Uh, I wonder if he's printing as many as he normally would. Right, and what the percentage is in compares to... Now, normally, we have this magazine in our hand. We probably had it for about uh, late June. Uh Usually, we start to get our hands on it. A couple of weeks, we have it on it. Yeah, is it 
fifty percent? Is it eighty percent? We'll, we'll ask him about that and just how difficult this is because he's normally not done, but close to done with at least a lot of the team preview part of it by the time you get into right after spring football. He talks to all the coaches. He goes through the conversations. He he puts all that together. How much longer this has been drawn out and, and just how much more difficult it's been this year for him. It's got to be incredibly different. From just a normal year, mm-hmm. you're just used to it. And now trying to put this out there, and as soon as it goes to press, yeah. here's the first big Non-cons, change. yeah, gone. Uh, Kicks, you know, and iHeart want to help you pay your bills. Text the keyword HOPE to 200, 200 right now. It's your chance to win $1,000. That's HOPE to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Uh, Scott Dockerman from The Athletic, he joins us uh, when we come back from this commercial break. Before we get to the top of the hour, we're going to talk baseball with Matt Snyder from CBSSports.com. Phil Steele on college football at 1120. Matt Postens covers the Big 12. He will join us at 1140. Trent and I, Miller and Condon until noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and IA.org. Say he was off. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. You're in the jungle with Trent Pond and Ken Miller. I'm running out of 80s songs that I've got Dr. Links. Welcome back. It's uh, Miller and Condon on 1460 Kicks and 0106.3 FM. Matt Snyder going to talk some baseball with us from CBSSports.com in about 15 minutes or so. Right now, Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. His mailbag overflowed. He has so many questions coming his way that he had to do it in two parts. Part one yesterday, part two came out this morning. And, Doc, good to talk to you as always. Some really good questions, I thought. Uh, some of your readers uh, put on their uh, thinking caps and, and really um, put out some good, thought-provoking questions, Scott Dockerman. Absolutely, and thanks for having me on. And it was just, uh, you know, there were just so many great questions. And, and you know, they're, they're your listeners as well as my readers. And, and uh, I think right now it's where we've reached a, a critical juncture, not only in the Ferentz era, but I think in, in sports in general, in college sports. And people have a ton of questions about whether how the pandemic's going to affect sports in the future, how, it's, how the, the racial bias investigation is going to affect Iowa you know, this year and beyond. So, I mean, this is really a critical juncture. and It's unlike what I usually get this time of year, which is, you know, which position group are you going to watch right. for the most, which I, I love those questions. Right. But, yeah. but right now it's like, man, I feel like I'm being cheated out of a good quarterback competition. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and, and there were going to be plenty of questions about this football team, but this is where we are. You know, Doc, uh, as he went through, what's changed for you uh, over the past week from – where we were when we talked with you last Monday, the announcement by the Big Ten that they're going conference only, and, and I know there's been so many questions about that. Just how your thought process has evolved over the last week of what you expect to see college football wise this week or this season, excuse me. Yeah, it's. I, I think I've gone from everybody has run the gamut. I remember talking to you guys three months ago and yeah. thinking there was no chance, yeah. and then 
you know, right around Memorial Day, I'm thinking, you know what, I think we got a chance to get the entire season in and possibly have fans. And uh, now I'm to the point where it's more of a wish and a hope that we can get through the uh, the fall. So, uh, you know, I guess it, it doesn't surprise me. I've been hearing that there were rumblings of this, um, and it, it did surprise me a little bit on the timing of it at first. But then, you know, talking to a couple different officials from different leagues, they were – um, you know, they, they felt like this was the this was the variable they could control, which is the ability to play each other and test and have all those protocols sim- on a similar plane. Like mm-hmm. Iowa knows what Illinois is going to do, what Indiana is going to do, but it doesn't know what Northern Illinois and Northern Iowa is going to do. So I think that's that was the main juncture there. And but you know, I, I think that there should be time to properly lament the fact that. The Iowa State game is not going to go on, yeah. and I think that's something that we all do or recognize as soon as this announcement came out. But I think as we get closer, and if there is real football, we're going to be going. Man, this is a—it's not a travesty. A travesty is all the death associated with the COVID, but yeah. but it's certainly an unfortunate byproduct of everything we've had to go through in the last you know four to five months. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Doc, one of the questions that was posed to you was, you know, it had to do with the schedule and when, now that we know that it's going to be conference only and, and I was going to need to pick up another opponent if they're going to play 10 Big Ten schools, um, when do you think we'll know, Doc? Uh, when do you think Commissioner Warren is going to uh, uh, go public with what he hopes will be the schedule? I think it's just they really can't wait very long for these types of things because it's one thing for like basketball, you know, like when they had the cancellation over the, the tile falling from the roof at Indiana. I mean, you could kind of figure things out because you're only talking about a travel party of about 25 when you're dealing with that. You're talking travel parties, you know, what, 70 uh, for the players and another 30 to 50, maybe more of, of the, the staffing. So, I mean, you know, they need to find hotel rooms and do all those things. Um, that's, so I would imagine this week, yeah, that's kind of what I've heard is they're going to give it, you know, sometime this week, we're going to see their final schedule and, and a lot of games, they're going to reshuffle them because, you know, Iowa plays Wisconsin last and, uh, you know, Iowa plays Nebraska in November, you know, but I would, wouldn't be surprised if they all flipped early in the season to make sure those games get played. Um, and then maybe float some other ones out there. But, you know, the most fascinating thing I looked at today's mailbag was, um, you know, a lot of Iowa fans want to play Michigan, but if yeah, it's a surprise, yeah, well, I understand wanting to play Michigan because of the long history there. But on the other hand, if you're already playing Ohio state, Penn state, right. Michigan state, you're not winning a championship. I don't care if you're who you are, you're not winning a championship playing that schedule. So, cause Iowa already has the most difficult crossovers mm-hmm. in the big 10. So they really should play either Rutgers or Maryland to make it a little bit more equitable and pos- and then have like Ohio State play Wisconsin. So that way, if if there is an Indianapolis, if there is a, a championship game, that the schedule isn't you know tilted one way or the other like it is right now. Six and four Iowa against ten and zero Ohio State get <laughs> oh the rematch, and I mean that's a real possibility here too. You look at what the final records are. I saw there was some offshore uh, place that put together now the new win totals for the Big Ten this season. And outside of Ohio State, and I think it was Penn State, I think everybody was at six and a half or lower because you don't have those games to pad your your win total. You're not looking at that seven and a half, eight and a half number for a lot of these different teams. It's get even to five and five, gonna prove a lot more difficult than getting to six and six. 
without a doubt, without a doubt. And a lot of people have questioned, you know, what's it going to take for Iowa to get to their usual seven or eight wins? Mm. And of course, they haven't had seven, uh, eight, fewer than eight wins in, in six years. But you know, I'm like, if they get to seven and three this year, that's a pretty good yeah, year because then you'd look at it and go, that would have been at least a nine and three year. Um, you know, because I, I think we could all agree that Northern Iowa and Northern Illinois would probably have been Iowa victories and Iowa State, you flip a coin, but it, it, it's very competitive series. It could go either way. Uh, you know, so I think if they win, if they go seven and three and they lose to Ohio State, Penn State and, uh, you know, Wisconsin or something like that, I think you take that. You, and, but then there's also the unknown and that's the biggest factor. It's not injuries. It's COVID. And what happens if, uh, the entire Ohio State um, quarterback room, including Justin Fields, gets wiped out for two weeks. Now, that's, of course, why they're going to, you know, start pushing games back if needed. But still, this is, uh, the, there, there are unknown factors that it would make it very difficult to bet on in any kind of way, shape, or form. I couldn't agree with you more there. Uh, Doc, Oklahoma's petitioning to move up a week so they can build in extra buys in case they have that, you know, postponement where they need the, the school needs a, a week off or whatever. The opponents just can't field a team. Is there any chance that the Big Ten will move up to what we thought was going to be week zero? Have you heard any discussion about that? Not heard a specific discussion of that, but that makes total sense. Uh, right now, have as many uh, opportunities as you can to play as many teams as you know to play these games. Because if that means instead of September fifth, it's whatever August twenty eighth, ninth, tenth, whatever, thirtieth, or whatever, then do it. You know, get these games in whatever way, shape, or form. And and it might not be the worst thing in the world to have, um, you know, to have them on campus playing or getting close to playing before any kind of students arrive. And you know, we're still. Of course, all this is still up in the air, but but I think that makes total sense at this point. And then the other part is, I kind of looked ahead and I thought, you know, if you get a ten game season here, or let's say another worst case scenario, it moves to the spring, which I think is possible. Uh, next year is going to be impacted, but I looked like two years down the road, two thousand twenty two, two thousand twenty three, and it might behoove the schools to request for the NCAA an extra game, a 13th uh-huh. game, kind of like the old kickoff classics. Mm-hmm. And just for that two-year period, you don't want too much schedule creep, but allow them to play an extra game, and that way they can, uh, uh, you know, recuperate some of these losses. And, and you know, it would it would be fun. I think there's some ways you could do it to be creative. I, I threw out the idea of, like, Iowa State and Minnesota yeah, Labor Day weekend mm-hmm. at Viking Stadium in Minneapolis. Uh, what a great opener that would be yeah. for both fan bases. It'd be full. You know, Iowa, of course, could play, you know, the, the wish list is probably Notre Dame and Chicago, but Texas. or And then you can also, on the flip side, I wrote about this, Northern Iowa, they're going to suffer more than Iowa is right now. And if uh, if they could get it, if there's an extra FBS game, possibly they could get a couple extra paydays to maybe be able to, to mitigate some of the losses they've had financially this year and, and, and in the future. Makes too much sense, so it probably won't happen. <laughs> Scott Docterman from The Athletic joining us here. Doc, uh, back to Warren and the Big Ten when they made the announcement last week. There was a lot of conversation about the other athletic directors, school presidents across the country outside of the Big Ten, upset with the Big Ten because they had been talking, and this blindsided a number of them. Is this just hand-wringing for the sake of hand-wringing, or, or did the Big Ten ruffle some feathers with that announcement and, and upset a lot of people? You know, this is something that people have been hearing about from, you know, maybe right after the 4th of July onward. 
So if they're not, if they're blindsided by this, I think right. they they need to really check their sources. I think I think Kevin Warren and the ADs they've been talking. They've been talking to other ones. They knew this was going to happen, and the Big Ten is kind of the trendsetter when it comes to these types of issues. So I, I don't, you know, even in the last few days before the announcement, it was really hot and heavy. We, you know, most of us had talked to different ADs and or different uh, conference uh, officials um, all the way around that and knew that that was coming. So to have it blindside them, I, I think that's uh, kind of a weak argument and it suggests that they didn't know uh, and they weren't communicating with the right people so no i mean it's unfortunate i know a lot of them are going to be hurting financially but i didn't know if kevin warren was supposed to call every single athletic director from every single league and let them know that we're thinking about doing this uh they they need to take responsibility for their own actions uh doc a quick basketball question i'm not sure if you saw frank garza responding to a some i think it was a fan or somebody reached out to you know frank just wondering about uh, you know his son's decision that we're all still waiting for and Frank's response, and I'm paraphrasing because I can't find the tweet. I, I hope he didn't take it down. But um, anyways, his response was somewhere along the lines was, you know, they just don't know if there's going to be college basketball this year. So in some ways, it wouldn't make sense for Luca to say he's coming back only to have the rug pulled out from under college basketball and him miss an entire year uh, of development. Did you see the tweet? I think it certainly makes sense. And what seemingly was a foregone conclusion that Luca was going to come back and wear 55 uh, at, at Carver-Hawkeye this year, because of the COVID and the great unknown of college basketball this winter, maybe he doesn't. That's a great point, and... I, I've been thinking, I've been more pessimistic about basketball and wrestling than I am football. They'll find a way to get football in. It's too, it's too important to the athletic department as a whole. But the contact between football is, as yeah, it's very violent, but you've got space. And space is at least a face mask, if nothing else. Basketball, you, you've got nothing but sweat. You're leaning on guys. You know, if you play defense, some teams do and some teams don't play enough of it. You know, you're going to get sweat on each other. You're going to be in each other's faces. Wrestling is total contact sport um those sports scare me you know to try to play and then i don't think their season will be uh, go off unhitched i think they're going to have probably more of an issue now how do they play these games and and when do they play them i don't know i mean you know i would think you know it, it might be where maybe they start march madness as a tip-off as opposed to mm. october i mean i and uh you know i think this could if let's say football doesn't happen in the fall, it's going in the spring. It's yep. going in, you know, late winter. So maybe it's uh, you know football would start then in you know early February and last through early April, and baby basketball starts in late February and goes through May, and and maybe it pushes back baseball, which would be actually if there's one positive byproduct of that, it would certainly be that because if if you could have a lot of the summer nights in Iowa City with a baseball team and a few beers in your hand, it would be uh, it would go over really well. But but that said, I, I think basketball. I am I'm more worried about not having basketball than I am football. Hmm. Scott Dockerman from the Athletic Doc. What do you have coming up this week at the Athletic? Anything you want to tell us about? Yeah, I'm going to do kind of a deep dive, and and this is beyond Iowa, but just kind of on the impact that that football has on the uh, entire athletics department for every college at a major level i mean it is uh at iowa you get 51 million dollars roughly in media rights fees and and almost all of it's entirely related to football plus 23 million in ticket sales and then contributions which are indirect 
it, you look at that compared to all the other sports combined. I mean, only men's basketball makes money. And it's like that at almost every school. So this is going to be, you know, a kind of a comprehensive look at what this, what the lack of football would do to a athletic department. So anyway, uh, that's, that's kind of what I'm working on. And then on a few other things, Iowa related, but you know, I mean, some of it, it might fall through on a few of those points. So I'll probably wait to, to say what I'm working on there. Well, since you're doing a deep dive, Jamie Pollard, I, I just reading his, I just put out a release at cyclones.com, uh, taking us inside some of the fixed costs and variable costs. He's been very transparent through this entire process and just wrote a, a big piece. Uh, uh, Dressing Cyclone Nation is the uh, title of it. Um, takes you inside some of the costs and what athletic department, at least the one in names, uh, is up against Scott Dockerman from the Athletic. Great job, Doc. Thank you. We'll talk to you in a week's time. Appreciate it. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate the time. Good to talk to you, Scott Dockerman from the Athletic. Going to baseball next and okay. some uh, breaking news. What have you got from the Chicago Cubs? Manager David Ross and five other individuals oh, no. awaiting Saturday's test results and will not attend this morning's workout. Oh, so they just haven't got They're them just back. waiting. Yep. So. This is one, I think, positive, though, when we have seen this, and it's frustrating, I'm sure, for everybody mm-hmm. involved, but they're not just saying the hell with it. and We're, we're going to practice right. anyway. Every Staying single away. team has made the right choice. Yep. And, well, yeah, we'd like to get this workout in, mm-hmm. but we're going to hold off until we get that, that result, the negative result, and then we're able to get those guys out that's, there. You have to do it. Houston, seemingly, the Astros, that's been an everyday mm-hmm. occurrence. Now, I get it. It's clearly down a, there. Yeah. So. Uh, it's <clears throat> in flames uh, with, with the virus and the testing. Anyways, we'll come back. We're going to talk baseball. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. In the 11 o'clock hour, Phil Steele will join us. So will Matt Poston's on the Big 12. Miller and Condon till noon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 10. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Talk a little MLB. Matt Snyder momentarily, CBSSports.com. Phil Steele uh, will join us at 1120. And then uh, Matt Poston's from Heartland College Sports. We'll get into the Big 12 with Matt. But right now, Matt, another Matt. He's Matt Snyder. CBSSports.com as we talk baseball. Hello, Matt Snyder. Trenton Ken, Des Moines, how are you? Hey guys, I'm good. How are you? Doing well. You know, it's uh, it's been fun to watch some of the highlights. It's weird, man, uh, not to see anybody in the stands, etc. But that's the uh, the world that we live in right now. You know, there's one guy to me. I'm sure there's a bunch of guys out there, but Luis, and I think he pronounced his name Robert. I would have thought it would be Robert. I watched him hit a home run from his knees the other day wow. <laughs> at Guaranteed Rate Ballpark. <laughs> um, this this is one of those new faces that if you don't know who he is, you're going to pretty soon. I mean, there's one or two of them every year. Man, this kid's – what's his ceiling, I guess? Yeah, he's a phenom. Um, he, uh, his size, he, maybe Aaron Judge. Wow. Reminds me of somebody like that. So, yeah, I mean, ceiling – I mean, shoot, Judge uh, was neck and neck with Jose Altuve for MVP in 2017, so – I think that's a pretty good feeling, so we'll go with Judge. Judge. Speaking of Judge and the Yankees, I want to get your thoughts on this squad. Boy, they look to be just absolutely set up for an incredible run. you got Cole now at the top of that rotation. Is, he struck not, out nine, by the way, yesterday. Yeah. Just goes out there. But Aaron Judge still has a stiff neck. He's banged up. 
this Yankees Chapman's team, COVID positive. In 60 games, is there just too much talent? Or could this thing go wonky and, well, I'm also asking as a Twins fan, <laughs> could we have a season without them in the postseason and maybe a run <laughs> for my Twins? No. Yeah, man, that the Twins and Yankees thing in the playoffs <sighs> is just crazy. Uh, you, it, 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 it's a little of both. Like, it, I, I, 60 games is still enough that... I think that even with a bad stretch, things will even out for the good teams. Mm-hmm. You think about like uh, the 2018 Dodgers started 16 and 26, but by the time we got to the 60 game mark, they had kind of righted the ship. I think they would have been a wild card. Okay. Um, so it's yeah, it could go sideways, especially because uh, with Severino down for the season, yeah. if Cole got hurt or tested positive for coronavirus, uh, I, I, the rotation is not deep. Um, but, you know, they have such a deep bullpen. They have so many good position players. You just feel like they would be able to overcome almost anything and make the playoffs. Um, but then all bets are off in the playoffs. I mean, you look how good the Dodgers were last year in the Nationals, took them out in a five-game series. So um, it's kind of a yes and no situation. Like, I feel like there's almost no chance that the Yankees would miss the playoffs. But, man, there, there are a lot of ways that things could go sideways this season. And, uh, I, I mean, I just got a press release that – uh, David Ross and six other tier, quote unquote, tier one members of the Cubs are still awaiting test results, and so they're not going to go to the facility today. Like, I, I feel like that could happen with a group of players on a team in the playoffs, mm. and they could miss a game. So it's like what we're getting ready to see is something that we've never even imagined and never even thought. We, we, we've never had a season like this, and we've never even thought about anything like it. Hmm. Uh, Matt Snyder, CBS Sports. Matt, to me, when I, when you look at the Central, uh, cl- uh, clearly where we sit in Des Moines, the two needle movers are the Cubs and the and the Cardinals, and I think we're going to see these two again. I'm I'm uh, a believer in this young Cincinnati team, but might we collectively be sleeping on the Milwaukee Brewers? You know, the more I look at this roster, the more I could see them being a major major factor in this thing. If Hater goes back to being Hater from a couple of years ago, uh, yeah. the rotations a bunch of guys with they I mean really don't not household names maybe but the guys at the back of the rotation I think are really going to be good before long might we be sleeping on the brew crew it's possible I mean we we all uh at cbssports.com we have uh six baseball writers and we all submitted our staff predictions and I think every single one of us have them fourth and the pirates fifth so I I I, I, I believe they're the fourth best team in the division, but I, I suppose it's possible. I mean, look, you, you've got an MVP in yellow. Yeah. You've yeah. got Keston Hero who can rake. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Braun's going to be able to DH and save his body some. I, I just passed that. Like, I feel like Lorenzo Cain just started to hit his decline last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the pitching staff, there aren't many guys I trust beyond Woodruff and, and Hayter. Um, the bullpen's not what it was in 2018. But, you know, there's 60 games, and there is talent on this team. It's absolutely a contender. I just feel like it's the fourth best team in the NL Central. Matt Snyder joining us from CBSSports.com as we talk Major League Baseball. You mentioned the announcement uh, just a few minutes ago from the Cubs and, and the players awaiting test results. What happens when we we get this thing started? We're, we're a week from Thursday. We're going, and baseball's being played a full slate on Friday, and suddenly... What is the testing protocol, first of all, when we're in season? Do you know that part of it? And secondly, as they await, it's easy to postpone a couple of workouts for five guys. you got a game that night, though. becomes a little bit more difficult. Kind of a two-parter there, but your takeaways from those. Yeah. 
Um, I don't know the specifics on the testing protocol. I assume they're just going to continue to try to test every single day. And uh, it's kind of an easy answer on the what will happen. It's, they have this many players in camp. They have this many players in the taxi squad. Uh, if there's five guys, for example, even if they're the best players on a team uh, who, who are awaiting test results, then they're just not going to play. And you're going to have to bring guys up from the taxi squad. Uh, so I, I guess we were just talking about, let's say, the Cubs. Let's say it's Bryant, Baez, Rizzo, mm. Orber, and uh, Contreras. Wow, that doesn't seem like a Cubs lineup without those five guys. Well, mm-hmm. you know, just bringing up guys from the taxi squad and, and play them that night until the test results come out. So that's why I said this is going to be like the weirdest season ever, and uh, this might even happen in the playoffs, which means it, it's going to be really funky just to see how everything kind of unfolds. Uh, I'm assuming, I'm, I'm sure you've seen the, the, the Blue Jays uh, situation that they're facing, the players are placing, yeah. that you know they get in Rogers Center and they have to stay there. They, it's not a two-week thing, it's a season-long thing. Uh, opposing teams that make their way up there as well, they're going to have to stay in their hotel too, correct? I mean, it's the it's more it's not baseball uh, that uh, that's going to wield the hammer. It's the country uh, that that doesn't want them out walking around. They want them quarantined. So visiting teams are going to have to stay at Rogers Center Hotel and you know play their games and right back to their rooms, correct? If they even play there, yeah. If they uh, play there, right? There Fair was, point. There were reports last night that. Uh, the, the Blue Jays organization has started to talk to Buffalo about their mm-hmm. AAA facility and, and that they might use that because there's a two-week quarantine uh, rule in Canada when you fly into the country. Well, obviously you can't fly in and quarantine for two weeks and then play a series because there's gonna, <laughs> there were scheduled games throughout those two weeks. So I, I think the Blue Jays are, are going to try to uh, possibly play in Buffalo like there originally their plan, their alternate plan was to play in, in their AAA facility, but that's in Florida. And uh, Florida is where it's an absolute hotbed of cases. So now they're like, well, we can't play in Florida. We're, we're going to have trouble playing in Canada, so let's go to Buffalo. And I guess if Buffalo doesn't say yes, we'll go down to their AA affiliate. Mm. Uh, it's, uh, that's kind of a mess right now. They do have time to sort it out, and they're working on sorting it out. I think they will. If I had to predict anything, I would say that they're going to play in Buffalo. Yeah, I think so. I think you're probably right. Yeah, makes a whole lot of sense. Hey, Matt, last thing for me. Uh, last week it was announced the 2021 schedule. Is that normally, do we usually get the, the schedule for the next year sometime during July? I don't know. Just with everything going on, it, it felt very odd. felt like maybe they're looking to get a little positive PR with the Mets-Yankees playing on 9-11. It, it, it struck me as odd. Is that normal, though, that the schedule comes out for the I, following year? Yeah, I, at this point, I'm having trouble remembering everything right. because this has been so weird for months. But I feel like that's early. Yeah, I, I don't too. feel like they put out the next year's schedule until like September at the earliest. Yeah. I feel like they usually yep. do it after the World Series. I, it, it, I, I definitely feel like they were trying to get people to focus on something else. It's like the ooh, a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> like they're definitely trying to get people to focus on something other than what's going on right now. It, it, that's the way I felt it to be, at least. Matt, give me a dark horse in the American League and in the National League. Uh, I've been going Angels as my dark okay. horse all over the place just because it's such a sprint. And when you have Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon and Shohei Otani, assuming he stays healthy, mm-hmm. uh, I think superstars are going to take on an added, added importance in, in the a sprint. In the National League, I've been going Padres just because it seems fun. I, I mean, you've got <laughs> Fernando Tatis Jr., you've got Manny Machado, 
Uh, you've got Chris Paddock fronting an up-and-coming rotation. It seems like Mackenzie Gore, their top prospect, might uh-huh. get some time this year in the bigs. Eric Hosmer said Gore seems like he's ready right now. He just faced him the other day. Uh, so I'm Padres and Angels are my dark horses. Tatis is a star. Uh, can you fall for the Padres Absolutely. every year? I fall for him every year. I've been ahead of yeah, myself. <laughs> this we'll we'll see. Matt, uh, thank you. Hopefully we'll we'll be able to find some time with you on opening week, which is next week. Believe it or yes. not, uh, hopefully you can find some time for us. Thank you for uh, coming on, Matt. Appreciate it. All right, man. Have a good one. Good to talk to you, Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. Who's your dark horse? Do you have one? Dark horse, um... fifteen to one or better. To win the whole thing, yep. I don't know if there is one. It's yeah, there is. Don't say your Blue Jays. No, no, no. Same division, though. Same division. Uh-huh. The Rays. Yep. I like that Rays team. I do too. They can run. Good yep. fielding, they and you know pitch. what they can do. They can hit. All right, I can buy that one. Yeah, I can buy that one. It's going to be such a weird season. It's going to be clear. Is Glass now back? What a no- I mean, how about that trade? Chris Archer. Yes. Oh, my God. Archer, who's been a shell of what we yep. once knew no him thought as. about that. Uh, we will come back. Austin Meadows. Yeah. Good rake. And Tyler Glass now. <laughs> Boy. like to have that one back. For damaged goods. For damaged goods, exactly. Like Archer, he's a great commentator. Fun to listen to mm-hmm. when his team is out of the playoffs. His old team's making the playoffs this year. Tampa Bay Rays. Mark it down. Phil Steele, 11-20. Matt Postens, after that, Miller and Cotton until noon.